Hey theater people, Patrick here. Before we get to our interview with Laura, we're going to make good on a Kickstarter reward. This one is a fully produced commercial. Here we go. When you think of Sheboygan, Wisconsin, you might think freshwater surfing capital of the world, or is that what John Candy said in Home Alone? Or go home Wisconsin, you're drunk, naming a city Sheboygan. What you probably don't know is that Sheboygan has a booming theater and performing arts scene. And Roll Call, that's R-O-L-E, is the podcast that highlights all the amazing theater happening in and around Sheboygan all year long. Beyond that, Roll Call is a podcast for anyone who loves theater but doesn't live in a big city. Join hosts Maria Grebo and Kurt Graves as they discuss the ins and outs and ups and downs of community theater, touring shows, regional theater in the Midwest and Chicago, and the occasional trips to the Great White Way. If you long for 42nd Street but live next to a hayfield, if you see more heifers than hoofers, if your 11 o'clock number starts at 10 o'clock Central Time, then you'll love Roll Call Podcast. Subscribe to Roll Call, that's R-O-L-E, on iTunes or the Stitcher radio app. And by the way, the music you're hearing is written and performed by Maria's husband. Isn't it badass? Check them out, you guys. Hello, fellow theater people. Welcome to the Theater People Podcast. I'm Patrick Hines, your host. When I was in high school and all of my friends were dressing up for Halloween like slutty kittens, um, I dressed up like Fosca from Stephen Sondheim's Passion. I'd be like, ding dong, I do not read to think. This week we're bringing you part two of our interview with the hilarious and multi-talented Tony winner Laura Benanti. In part one, we talked about her starring on Broadway in such shows as Into the Woods, Nine, and Gypsy, to name just a few. In part two, we discuss her work in one of my favorite shows, Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown, working alongside the Radio City Rockettes in last year's Spring Spectacular, and her work on TV, including the hugely popular Sound of Music Live, Nashville, and the upcoming Supergirl. So let's get to it. Ladies and gentlemen, the funniest woman on earth, Laura Benanti. I was like a 45-year-old gay man in a little girl's body. Um, hi, welcome back. Hi, thank you. So, you know, some pretty serious stuff has happened in your life since uh, I saw yeah. you last. How crazy is that? I mean, my so Steve, my husband texted me like a couple days ago with like the, the Playbill um, article and he just yeah. said, your best friend just got engaged. Yeah, I, I was, was completely like, shocked. Will you tell us what happened? Yeah. So, um, uh, my fiance and uh, I uh, bought an apartment, and we oh. are doing some. Reno- we're going to do renovations on it. So we had a plan to go to the apartment and meet with the contractor. This is very boring. I promise <laughs> it gets fun. And then he, we get there, we walk around for like twenty minutes measuring things, which is like my hell. Where I'm like, oh, I don't care, just make too. it work. Does he take? Does he like draw a picture with the measurements the way my husband does? No. Oh God, Ooh. you got a sweet that's deal. That's because my fiance's not gay. <laughs> that's true. So that's part of that. He's more like, I think the couch will fit there. That'll be good. Um, he doesn't talk like that. Um, but so, and then he was like, the guy, the contractors aren't coming. And then I go to immediate bitch where I'm like, what? Why? 
And then he's on his knee proposing to me. <gasps> I know. That's what I did. I screamed. Oh, I had no idea it was coming. He like God. gets on one knee. The, the ring is out. It was so, so romantic. Were you guys the kind of couple that like you've been talking about rings and he knows what you like? Or was it a total shock? No. We had been talking about getting married. And I was like, listen, I've been married two other times. <laughs> and we have this long running gag where he'll be like, wait, what? Where every time I say it, he pretends like he has no idea. And I'm like, you know, it's like a little scary for me to think about getting married again. And, and and also, just like the whole Elizabeth Taylor thing, right, and totally. like, are people going to judge me? And are, and he was like, who gives a shit if people judge you? Like, yeah. they don't know your life. They don't know like what you've been through. Like, and also good for you that you were like opening your heart to someone. So we, we finally were like decided that we were going to get married because when we first started dating, I was like, I'm never getting married again. I hate everybody. <laughs> um, and then over the course of the almost two years that we've been together. Um, I was like, yeah, I actually think that I could, like, open myself to being oh. married again to you specifically, Patrick Brown, because I love you. And um, not just, like, anyone. I, yes! You, you know started what? with the yeah. word Patrick, and I was like, wait, 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 you guys, Laura's gonna. Um, what if I was on one knee right now and this whole thing has been a ruse and it's a pinky ring? It's a pinky engagement ring. You did actually text me that we could be lavender married. I know. Listen, I love a lavender marriage. I'm lavender married to Chad Hodge. The nice thing about lavender marriage is that it's polygamist. To- See, I'm into that. Yeah. All right. I mean, I'm not really. Oh my God. I don't even know what I'm saying. I, I'm <laughs> looking at you and you're so beautiful and you're backlit by the window. I'm like, mm hmm. No, mm-hmm. my hat hair is terrible. Just don't, don't tell anyone. My hair is beautiful and silky right now, everyone. That's what's happening. I've totally blew it out this morning. Spent hours and hours. It is not a frizzy mess of pubic hair. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Oh I know. My I'm god. so excited. I really didn't see it coming. And Can then, I see the ring? Yes. Oh, my God. Isn't it pretty? And it's got rose gold. When are you getting married? We don't know. Okay, no plans yeah, yet. Yeah, no, no plans yet. Probably not until, like, October 2016. Like, far, far away. Nice. Um, I don't want to rush into anything. Isn't that about when you're doing She Loves Me? No. I December, we start rehearsal, and okay. then we go only go till July. Oh. Um, and if we extend, which I hope we do, I'm sure they'll give me the day off to get married. Probably, again. Yeah. A girl only gets married three times in her life. <laughs> I mean, come on. It's my special day again, again. I was like, Patrick, you gotta get ready for some... He was like, jokes about how you've been married a bunch of times? I was like, yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing, too. Like, some, like, like, gossip sites or whatever picked up that we got engaged. And it was, like, so sweet. It was like, look at her beautiful ring and Patrick Brown and la, 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 la. And at the end, it's like, this will be the actress's third marriage. Her print. And I was like, oh, God. It's so embarrassing. What does Patrick do? He is a mark. He's in marketing. Oh, cool. Yeah, he works for a. Um, did you see the panic in my face where I'm like, I don't know. I don't, know. I don't understand. People, people don't clap for him for his right. job. So, I so sort it's of not like an important job. Out. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a boring job. No, actually, he's he's amazing. He's like it's super creative what he does. He works for a company called Four LLC, and they have this awesome product that they're getting ready to launch. And he's like figuring out how to do that. Yay. Um, can we talk about Women on the Verge and pretend that yes. we didn't last time? Yeah, sure. Plus, my husband went running this morning listening to the score and came back jacked up and was like, I have a million questions you have to ask Lerman Hansen. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> I mean. So, he wanted he wanted me to talk first about yes. David Yazbek, yes. the composer. He's so brilliant. He writes the music and the words, He right? does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's also known for Full Monty and Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Brilliant show. Yes, totally. Steve was saying that like he's like the most underappreciated working composer for Steve's money. Yeah, I agree. You know? Yeah, I completely agree. I also think he's completely versatile. Yeah, you know, the fact that he was able to create like a Spanish score. Oh, and it sounded like it, like music from Madrid. I know it sounded like fl- a lot of it was like flamenco and had that soul to it. Yeah. Um, but also with his like incredible like super smart cerebral funny lyrics. 
Well, how was it working with him? Did you get a lot of input on, on your particular music? No, I didn't need input. I mean, he, he had already written it. The song was perfect. That's why I wanted to do the show. And no, he just was like, here's a song. Learn it. And I was like, got it. <laughs> I how did it. you come to get cast in it? Bart Shear thought of me and just offered me the part. Wow. Yeah. And that did, was pretty cool. What did you so you you play the role of Candela, yes. who's like this beautiful model who's a little stupid. It's a little stupid, but yeah. like also, I don't know, she's super funny and yeah, yeah a little self centered. A little self centered. <laughs> she's like not here. I don't know why I'm trying to be nice about it. I know, it. no, I I mean she, I created her. We all created her together, but no, for my money, she's like completely eye focused, totally self centered you know, makes a living based on her beauty, falls in love with a terrorist, finds out he's a terrorist, and, like, still loves him. Right, exactly. But so she does have, like, a big heart. Yeah. But, yeah. My favorite thing she ever says, do you know what I'm going to say? I don't know. Like, the most telling line of Candela is she says, but, damn it, I'm a model, so I feel things deeper than most people typically do. Yeah. Yeah. So she, you have this amazing, like, ten-minute song that happens called Model Behavior, which is sort of her, the point where she finds out that he's a a terrorist. Yes. And and you're sort of running through the city trying to get in touch with, what is Sherry Renee Scott's character Peppa. Peppa, right. And you're, like, on, you're, like, calling her from all over the city. And it's this show-stopping, hilarious number. Okay, you're not there, but we need to talk. My stomach's aching like I swallowed some enormous rock. I'm at the phone booth on the corner and have only got a minute cause I'm running out of change cause I've been lending all my money to my leak. God knows what man, I'm not exactly on a lucky streak. But this one really is a mess, I think I'm gonna freak. I know you say I'm an alarmist, but I'm not remembered. There's that time I thought I saw a spider. You said man's a raisin, but it suddenly started moving and it crawled over and bit me on the toe. What did you think when you heard it the first time? I thought this is the most brilliant song I've ever heard. And and it's hilarious and I have to sing this. Did you were you overwhelmed by the by the like how did you Weirdly, remember all those no, words? It was so fast. By two two days into it I had no, I knew it. Really? I don't know why. I'm like that with Sondheim too and I have been since I was a little girl where like if something makes sense to me, for me if something is really well written, it's actually not hard to memorize because it's easy to understand. If I'm not able to memorize something, it's cuz I don't understand it and I'm not like a moron. I feel like if <laughs> I can't really like grasp something, then like maybe it's not that great. Right, totally. You know, so when I'm really struggling with a line, I'm like, "Ooh, it's cuz this line is garbagey." <laughs> right. You know, and I eventually learn it, but it's hard cuz it doesn't like make sense in my mind and also like just in my body. Yeah. You know how something is just feels natural? Uh-huh. Um, it just felt natural to me. It really did. But I'll tell you, the first time I did that song in front of an audience, I, I didn't realize what the audience reaction was going to be. That has got to be something. Were, were you anticipating that it was going to change your your performance of the song? No. I mean, I, I, I try not to allow the audience to, like, change my performance too much unless they're like, boo! And they're like, I will change that. <laughs> Um, but I try not to like pander if something's funny. It's like if it's funny and they're laughing, then it's funny. Don't like mug more to make yeah. it funnier. Like that doesn't work. But what we learned was like there were times that we had that they were like clapping and laughing so much that you couldn't hear what was happening next. So we had to sort of address it that way, like structurally. That's so funny. I did, and that must have come as a shock the first time you did it for Completely. Yeah, I had no idea. And also at the end of it, they call me back. The audience would go bananas. And as a soprano, and as the person who's always like, the, I'm the heart of the show, like you always get the like, <laughs> like tepid, warm soprano applause. Right. Where they're like, that was lovely, which is my least favorite word. Um, right. That and cute. And like, Adorable. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so to have that response, which I'd like never had in my life, felt 
It was incredible. Did wait, did you do it? Um, did did your fellow company members watch you do it? And were they like really impressed? Like, was it the song that they would watch from the wings? I don't know. I was too busy like Working. freaking out yeah. to know if anybody was watching from the wings. But certainly the company, like when we were in the rehearsal room, every time I would finish it, would be like so supportive and and oh like God. clapping. And, and obviously everybody knew. I had this incredible song. It's like, honestly, a monkey could have put on that costume and run around, and the, the audience would have been like, that's amazing! The song is just so good. It's really hard to mess it up. Yeah. So it's kind of foolproof. Um, will you, can you talk about the working with this incredible cast? So it's yeah. you and Patti LuPone and Brian Sucks Mitchell mm-hmm. and Sherry Renee. Sherry Renee. Nika Graf Lanzaroni, who I love so love much. Love her so much. Yeah. What was it like working with this group of people? It was amazing. You know, I think we all knew we had a very complicated puzzle that we had to piece together. And we had an amazing director. Um, you know, there were so many incredible performers in that space and, like, very successful ones. So there was definitely the... The possibility that it, it there could be some egos clashing, right? Um, but for the most part, there there wasn't. You know, it was pretty harmonious, um, especially in the rehearsal um, space. I think everybody felt like they were doing something special. Mary yeah. Beth Peel, who oh, I love yes, so much, love she's so amazing, and. Um, so everybody was very loving. I think also too, like that Spanish feeling, that feeling yeah. of like soulful Spanishness. Yeah. <laughs> which is definitely a, a word. Yeah, you guys, Definitely a, a word. That's my blog. Soulful Spanishness <laughs> with Lara Benanti. Um, I like it. I just subscribed. Yeah. yeah. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Um, one subscriber. So, yeah, I think everybody just knew that they were doing something special. And also, I think we knew not everybody was going to get it or love it or want it. It's so weird because it's such a straightforward, you know, like, But not everybody loves Almodovar. Danny Burstein, totally. I guess that's true. It's the tone. Almodovar is... For anybody who doesn't know, it's based on the movie Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown by the brilliant Spanish director Almodovar. Yeah, Pedro Almodovar. And and he, his tone is very tricky and it's very, like, Mm -hmm. pop-arty. And you can do those fast transitions in a film... And I think it is harder to achieve successfully on stage. I think that by the end of the run, we had achieved that successfully. I also just think we probably should have gone out of town. I think that there were some kinks that needed to be worked out. We couldn't figure out the opening for like a very, very long time. Oh, the whole thing with the taxi? Was that the yeah, opening? Yeah, uh, yeah, that had been the opening of the second act, and then we changed it to the first act. And oh. There was a whole thing with like mirror there was just many different openings so you know ben brantley saw the show i think i told you this on a saturday night and we had done the show for the first time the show that he saw that matinee so we didn't like have it in our bones yet you know um it's just not for everybody but i would rather be a part of something that like some people like you like love yeah and other people are like yeah then then a show that's like it's fine yeah, I yeah, like that show. Totally. That's fine. Yeah, like good but forgettable. Yeah, totally. And I mean, there there is something too. I think we're so lucky to live in a time when there are so many new musicals being made. Mm-hmm. Um, and by new, by so many, I mean like five. Right. <laughs> right. But I mean, like to be a part of like a new musical, you know, that was doing something ambitious, and yes. I just loved it. I just loved it so much. Thank and you. It makes me sad that like it didn't have a longer life. You know. Me too. Um, but I loved it. I did too. I, I I know. Well, and you got nominated for a Tony Award. I did. And it was so beautiful. And it was so, I, I you know, I how do I say? You were my favorite performance in that category Thank that you. year. You're Thank welcome. You. Patty was so funny. Patty was nominated as well. And that morning she texted me, you better fucking win. <laughs> 
I, she meant it. Like, that's the thing that's amazing about Patty is, like, she doesn't bullshit. You yeah. Know? She really, like, means what she says. So, okay, you haven't – was that your last time on Broadway until She Loves Me? Yeah. Yeah. So then the next big thing that came up for you was The Sound of Music Live. Yeah. I mean, the next big, well, I don't, maybe many big things came up for you yeah. between that and that. But that's what I was thinking about. And yeah. can you believe I almost didn't ask you about that last time? Oh, yeah. Because it was like a cultural moment. It definitely was, yeah. And you, you played the Countess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And h- how did that casting come to you? I had done a show called The Playboy Club for of course, NBC. right. And then I had done a show called Go On for NBC that both of them got canceled. <laughs> and uh, Go On at least lasted a season. Yeah. But, um, How many episodes was The Playboy Club? We, three. Right. But anyway, so Bob Greenblatt, who's the president of NBC, wrote me an email personally asking if I would play Elsa. Are you serious? Yeah. And he knows me well enough to be like, I know you're going to think you're too young for this part. Yes, of course. But we w- actually want, because everybody knows this show, and we're doing the play version, not the musical, not the not the movie version. We're doing oh, the like, wait, musical. <clears throat> which like you, everybody show. knows you had done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, he was like, we want there to be a little bit more conflict between like who is he going to choose like we don't want it to be a foregone conclusion that like obviously he's going to go with maria we want it to feel a little bit more like we like elsa yeah 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 totally you know um and she that's the thing that i always felt about that character jan maxwell had played elsa when i was maria um oh yeah on broadway in i love jan maxwell she's incredible i stole blatantly from her okay just the humor (laughs) she you know she's sexy she's funny yeah she like doesn't hate children she's just not particularly good with them yeah um and they disagree politically you know so right so like that's that um so that was an incredible experience to be a part of i don't think any of us knew how many people were going to watch it like 22 million people ended up watching it yeah it was insane numbers we had no i thought like you know seven million people at best but that is the power i think of carrie underwood you know that is the power of movie musicals you know i think that people want that type of entertainment in their home um, yeah, it's super wholesome. Yeah. You think of the holidays for some reason. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And, like, you know, not everybody can afford to take their family totally. to a Broadway show, but they want to expose their kids to entertainment like this. Yeah. Expose is probably the wrong <laughs> word. They want to expose their kids. <laughs> That's the quote you use. Good Barb and Auntie, they want to expose their With, kids. With, like, this really confused-looking picture of you, like... Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to okay before I forget to ask you this I, this was just something I read in an interview about when you were talking about the sound Uh-oh. of music lab. somebody had asked you did you have advice for Carrie Underwood for how to play the role and you said no and what kind of asshole would I have been yeah. if I had gone over to Carrie Underwood and- hey girl <laughs> I have some advice for you. I that is a question that people ask all the time. Did you give advice to so and so? No. Like if they came up to me and said, "Can you give me advice?" I would be like, "Well, what are you feeling?" And I would like talk it through with them. But I wouldn't be like, "Sit at my feet while I smoke this long cigarette and tell you how you should behave." Like, what the fuck? Who does that? I can't imagine. So crazy. That's so funny. So there was a, like a good handful of Broadway people in the the Sound of Music Live. It yeah. was like you and. Christian Borrell uh-huh. and Audrey McDonald yep. and Jessica Mulaski, just uh-huh. like off the top of my head, <clears throat> which I thought as a Broadway person, I was so happy about. Me too. You know, um, how did you get much time to, to interact with them while you were all working on this together? Yeah, I mean, we became, we like were pals, like, yeah. you know, hardcore pals. Uh, it was such a fun environment because we rehearsed it like it was a Broadway show when we were in New York City. Um, and then we were in, we would like, have to ride out to Long Island and be there for like all day long 
Um, so we just hung out in each other's trailers and like oh, watched wow. Mystery Science Theater. And it was <laughs> Theater great. nerds. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it was so fun. You know, it was yeah. such a good experience. And how much rehearsal time did you guys have on that? Six weeks in the in the city, and then like two. I want to say two weeks yeah. at the studio. I, I wanted to ask you and Christian Borrell had a lot of your scenes together because yeah. he plays the the Elsa's friend Max. Max, yeah. And we were just we were talking this morning. Like, had you guys ever a gotten to work together before? No. And so did you guys get to play and, like, create some of your own chemistry and yeah, stuff? Yeah, definitely. You know, he and I became really good pals on that show. And I just love that guy. I yeah. think he's, like, the funniest, coolest, smartest person. He um, is so, yeah. He's so joyful, mm-hmm. you know. And being working with people who are joyful and who are coming from a place of play, because that's what it is, you know. Like, when we were kids. Yeah. And that's how he is. So for to work with him was really fun. And, you know, we developed our, like, own little backstory, which is basically that, like, Max is in love with Elsa. You really? Know? Yeah, and that Elsa, like, has no idea. Because isn't there some discussion that the Max character is gay? Might be gay, yeah. yeah. I mean, we talked about that, but I feel like what is clearer, like, if you watch it again, knowing that, like, Max is a little bit in love with Elsa, and Elsa just thinks they're, like, best friends and has no idea. <laughs> right. It's actually, like, really sweet and sort of sad. Yeah. You know? Um, so I think there's that dynamic there if, if you... If you watch it again, that is is pretty fun. Was there a moment in the actual production of it where somebody stepped on your dress? Yeah. What what happened? I, he stepped on my dress. <laughs> yeah. Let me ask a dumber question. Hang on. Were you wearing a dress? Did you have a <laughs> number costume? Number one, I had a costume on. Number two, it was a dress. Number three, it had a train. Number four, somebody stepped on it. Number five. But you know what's amazing? And not like I'm like fucking Daniel Day-Lewis or anything. Right. But like I definitely was so in the character of Elsa that I was like, oh, <laughs> and and like then was able to give a like a look of like I'm gonna have your ball served to you on a platter, <laughs> but I'm smiling, which I actually feel like I I felt glad about it for two reasons. Number one, the audience at home was like, "This is live." Yes. And number two, I feel like I handled it well enough that it got to be a moment that that like people like us were like, "Oh my god, oh my god." <laughs> what you if know? the Nancy had gone down? Right. Oh, God. Can what, you imagine? What would you have done? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But without, I did what else I would have done, which is be like, it's fine. I'm going to murder you. <laughs> yes. You know? Do you have other memories of the actual production of it? Like the actual – did you guys do it once or did you do it twice? Once. Just once for East Coast and West Coast. Yeah. Yeah, we did it once. Did, was it just like a blur? No, I enjoyed every moment of it. Really? I, like weirdly, I was able to be in my body. I was able to like enjoy it. I uh, I was able I'm able to like remember distinctly like how I felt in certain moments. I was not acutely aware of the cameras. I was not acutely aware of the audience at home. I just was like enjoying this musical that has meant so much to me. Yeah, my whole life. Full circle. Yeah. God, I hadn't even thought of yeah, that. Yeah, like it was the first job I ever got when I was 17 years old, and I did it till I was 19 years old. Yeah. And then. So much has happened in my life since then, and that was a really tricky time for me in in my personal life. And and to have that that just that warm distraction with some with like a musical that I felt like has sort of held me in like a cocoon, that was very healing. That's amazing. And helpful. God, that was beautifully said. I'm very smart. <laughs> have you ever met Julie Andrews? <laughs> One time. No, two two times I wow. met Julie Andrews. Yeah. Did I you was, get to talk to her about it? Not really, because when I'm around Julie Andrews, I'm just like... <laughs> it's like how I am around Laura Benanti. I get it. No, you are so <laughs> hilarious and amazing. I am legitimately like... <laughs> just dry tongue sounds. Just like a lot of that. That Laura Benanti's really sweet. I wish she could talk. I didn't... Yeah, I wish, that dry, I wish she could get that dry tongue under control. 
It's really a shame. <laughs> um, can we talk about the Spring Spectacular? Sure. What on earth? I, I, first of all, I, I mean that in the most curious sense, yeah. not in like the what were you thinking? Because yeah. the, the Christmas Spectacular warms my gay little heart. Sure, I love me it too. so much. I do too. Yeah. Well, how, what made you want to do it? I'm assuming it was the Kerchang Kerchang. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, sir. Everything I do is for art. I love, I love Laura Benetti. <laughs> um, was it fun? Yeah, yeah, it was fun. I gotta tell, like, I have always loved the Rockettes. I yeah. go to see the Christmas show. I love it. Um, Harvey Weinstein was producing oh. um, the Spring Spectacular and asked me if I would do it. And I said yes. Because you can't possibly say no. No, I mean, I want to be in business with Harvey Weinstein. He's a super powerful, really smart dude. Um, I knew that I was doing She Loves Me, which is at the roundabout. And I love the roundabout, but it's not like they're they're, they're paying me. Right, exactly. Um, And I knew that I wanted to buy an apartment. Oh, my God. So I was like, I got apartment buying money? I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Those are your words, not mine. Harvey Weinstein, I'm available for the next Spring Spectacular. Listen, sometimes you just have to make a little bit of money. But I really did genuinely enjoy working with those Rockettes. And listen, being like performing in Radio City Music Hall for 6,000 people is awesome. Was it like, um, is it like in the same style as a Christmas Spectacular? No, it was like a musical sort of. It was like if a musical had sex with a halftime show. (laughs) Wow. The baby was that. Amazing. It was kind of crazy because the moral was actually like amazing. The moral was sort of like put your phones away Uh and the audience spent the entire time videotaping it. They let them do that? Yeah. Wow. You can watch the whole thing online. Are you serious? Yeah. Your friend Patty does not allow that. No, 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 no. No. No, no, no. Yeah, that's crazy. I know. All right, let's talk about your TV stuff. Okay. Um, do you like doing TV? I do like doing TV. Not as much as I like doing live theater. But Is I that like true? It. Yeah. Well, do you want to do another series? I am actually writing a series that... You are? I am. You're I am. a genius. I'm not a genius, but I'm writing it with my friend Chad Hodge, who wrote The Playboy Club and who wrote oh. Wayward Pines, which is a big success right now for him. So he and I are writing it together. Um, I'm really proud of it. I think it's really dark and funny and weird. Wow. Um, so I do want to do TV. I would like to start being a little bit more selective with my TV. Yeah. You know, I'm yeah. doing Supergirl, which I'm really excited about. Yes. I'm just a guest starring on that, and I have some really fun stuff coming up there. Um, but, you know, it's hard. It's like it's like art versus commerce. Mm -hmm. I definitely want to be able to like have a family and live a certain lifestyle, but I also don't want to, to start being considered like just like a television personality or like someone who's good at being herself. Yeah. Um, I still want to be an artist. You know, I still want to be an actor just because I'm like, like to host things or like I'm, I'm, I'm uh, good at being myself, I guess is the best way to put it. doesn't mean that's all I want to do now. Yeah. Um, will you tell us about the book? Yeah. Um, the working title right now is, um, I stole your boyfriend (laughs) and other monstrous acts on my way to becoming a human woman. (laughs) Um, and it's a series of like comedic essays about like my childhood and then moving to the city and, uh, it's not a Broadway book. Like, there's maybe one chapter about my height, like, about how serious I was about wanting to be on Broadway when I was in high school. But then once I get to the city and I'm 18 years old and I'm starring on Broadway, like, I don't really talk about it that much. I mostly talk about my personal life um, through, uh, like, a comedic lens. Wow. Uh, yeah. And you're writing, you don't have a ghostwriter. I don't. That is so cool. I have a great editor, Kat Brazowski. Who's publishing it? Thomas Dunn. Okay. St. Martin's Press. Oh my God, that's amazing. Did they come to you? Kat did, from wow. Twitter. 
Oh, really? Yeah, she followed me on Twitter. She loves theater, too, yeah. but she followed me on Twitter, and she was like, you have a unique voice. Yeah. Um, would you be interested in writing a book? And I was like, mm, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, it was very daunting at first, but now I feel like I'm starting to come into my voice. Except this last chapter I wrote, it's so important. Like, some of the content of it is so important to me that mm-hmm. I wasn't able to treat it glibly. Yeah, or like, I know with what you the mean. humor that I was like, no, I need people to know that this is like meaningful and like important to me. So that's a little bit tricky. Like how do you take a book of comedic essays and do that? And do that. But I feel like Tina Fey and Amy Poehler both do that really For sure. like very successfully in their books. Granted they're famous people. Yeah. So like You are. Not like nah. I mean that's the thing is I they're like Broadway books don't really sell. Right. And I'm pri- primarily known for well now I'm primarily known for Nashville, which is hilarious. <laughs> for real. Really? Be like, oh, everything's like Nashville actress, best known for her work on oh, Nashville. God. And I'm like, someone shoot me in my <laughs> mouth. And not because I don't love Nashville. No, I, I know, love Nashville. I know, but like I I've been working for 17 years. I have a I fucking know, Tony Award. Really like my guest star is the thing that people know me for. But that's like the way of the world. It's so funny. I know. It's tricky because we're trying to like I don't want it to feel like a memoir because I feel like I don't, you know, I'm 35. Right. I feel of like but We're going to edit in, like, 22. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 22. Um, my, manager, my manager actually was like, you need to stop telling people your age. And I was like, no, I don't. No. I'm 35. I don't care. I've been yeah. doing this since I was 17. Like, I am what I am. Totally. Like, it also is a quick Google search. And also, people think I'm, like, 45 because I've been doing this for so long. <laughs> totally. Like, I will constantly be told that I'm too old for roles that are older than me. <laughs> I'm like, okay, sure. <laughs> Yeah, I'm too old to play that 50-year-old's wife. Right, Got exactly. it. That makes a lot of sense, Hollywood. You bastards. Um, but yeah, it's like, it, how do you keep them like comedic essays, mm-hmm. um, but also have heart to it? Because I, I want it to have heart. I don't want it to just be like... Just glib. Yeah. yeah totally. So this morning, um, in, in preparation for this, I got up and I, and I was put Daisy on my lap and I was opening iTunes to like put your album on. Uh-huh. And Daisy had been grumpy all morning, and I and I opened the iTunes, and your picture pops up, and she goes, oh, 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 she just started gosh. blowing you kisses. That's so adorable, <laughs> so cute. Oh. I was like, honey, and then and then you started singing, and she started singing, na 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 na, and I just started like bebopping and singing along that with you. That is adorable. Which song was it? It was the opening one. It was, oh my um, gosh. Uh oh, I'm old fashioned. I'm old fashioned. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my yeah, gosh. Yeah. I am not such a clever one about the latest fads. I'll admit I was never one adored by local lads Not that I ever tried to be a saint I'm the type that they classify as quaint Why did you want to do a a live album at 54 Below? I get so many things that I do are because people come to me and say, would you like to do this? Oh, and really? I say, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Basically I, I was doing, um, my show there and then, um, the record label who do, they do a lot of like live at 54 below, um, shows, uh, came to me and asked if I wanted to record it. And I was like, yeah. Oh my God. That's so yeah. awesome. It's so funny. I realized sometimes like when I listen to other people's interviews, they, they have all these plans <laughs> they're like, and then I, and then I decided to do this. And I, so much of my life is me being like, sure. <laughs> that's amazing. I think one of the things I love about your album is that it brings back the banter. Oh yeah. Um, that's my favorite part of the, 
So. Some of the stories that I wrote down that I was like, oh my god, this is too funny to not talk about are uh, dressing up as Fosca. Yeah, for, okay. for Halloween. So full disclosure, I've never seen Passion. <gasps> I don't know what Fosca is, but my husband, it says, and I quote, I just wish I had been in Times Square that time that she was dressed up as Fosca. Thank you. So you dressed up as Fosca and you were walking around like one of those characters. Yeah. And you were walking up to people asking them if they like knew knew you or knew what, like, knew what Fosca was. It, well, in the video, yeah, I would walk up to people and actually I would just assume they knew who Fosca was. Right. And of course they did not. I guess people handed me their babies. Like <laughs> I talked to like a group of teenage boys. Um, I had like, I sang with the naked cowboy. Right. Um, that was super fun, but that was based on the true story of me having trick or treated as Fosca as a teenager <laughs> with my mother, just me and my mom just for UNICEF, I think. Yeah. For UNICEF. <laughs> Cause I wasn't allowed to eat candy. You weren't? No. <laughs> I would cry. Really? When I would, yeah, I, I like can't. I'm like allergic to sugar, so I would eat the. I would eat candy and then be like, I don't know why I'm sad. <laughs> and my parents were like, No. So I would trick or treat with my mom for UNICEF. It was horrible, and I would literally ring the doorbell and be like, Ding dong! I do not read to think. I would start to sing, and then more often than that, they would just like run and get like a dollar and shove it in my UNICEF box and like close the door on my face. So upsetting. What else? else are you doing? What else is coming up for you? Supergirl. Yeah. So are you in, like, are you in it a lot? I don't think so. Okay. I think I'm going to be in probably five or six episodes. And you play the mom? And also a spoiler that I can't tell you. Okay. Which is why I'm, like, super excited about it. Yeah. But I play Supergirl's mom. Thanks, Hollywood. I was literally furious. I was, like, doing the math. I was like, is Supergirl 10? Well, on Krypton, like, so where, yes. Basically, you see me in the beginning with little Supergirl when she's, like, eight. Okay. And then... I get blown up on Krypton. I, it's not funny. I just don't yeah, no. I mean, but, and then I and then I come back in like hologram to talk to her. Okay. Um, but the other way you'll see me is a different way that I can't tell you, which is a super cool way. Um, so I'm doing that. I'm writing the book. I'm writing a pilot. I'm doing some concerts. Oh, cool. Um, uh, I can't remember where, but it's on my <laughs> we'll it's on, on my website. website. Mm-hmm. Um. And that's kind of it. We're moving. Right. And then I start rehearsals in December. So I have to get in all my Supergirl episodes before December. Amazing. When does She Loves Me open? <clears throat> April? I want to so say April. Rehearsals in December. December. Yeah, but like December 21st. Wow. Which is weird. I was like, yeah, let's definitely start rehearsals right before Christmas. <laughs> exactly. Like, why? December 25th at noon. Yeah, it's so weird. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so... That's basically what I'm doing. Blair Benanti, I love you so I much. I love you so much. Thank you for Thank doing you. our podcast. Are you Thank me? you for doing it twice. Part and we're going to have you back on Mother's Day with your mother. Do you remember? Yes. We committed to that. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Maybe not actually on Mother's no, Day, I, but for Mother's Day. We'll do it before Mother's Day. But if I was like, hey, mom, guess what? We're doing a blog for Mother Earth. We're doing a, uh, a radio show podcast. We're going to hot room. Happy Mother's Day, mom. I'm going to talk about myself. She'll be like, yeah, it's like every other fucking Mother's Day. I get it. <laughs> Laura Bonanzi, thank you so much. Well, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Peppa, it's midnight. Are you screening? It's 3 a.m. You have to call me. I'd never do this to you. Walk on the way, friend. What was the name of that cheese that I like? Theater People is produced by Mike Jensen and me, Patrick Hines. I edited this episode. Special thanks, as always, to Bradley Bean, Steve Tipton, Keith Rainwater, Eric Emsch, Ellen Marsh, and the staff at Oswald's. 
Theater People is listener-funded. That's thanks in part to Margulay Manulis. I hope I said that right. Rachel, Tom Gavin, Josh Kaplan, Natalie Grillo, Kathy Hooper-Landers, Scott Evan Davis, hey Scott, Jessica Hrejevic, and Dorian Katani. We'll be back in one week with a special off-Broadway episode featuring Michael Lawrence and Annette O'Toole, who are currently starring in Hamlet in Bed at the Rattlestick Playwrights Theater. In the second half of that episode, we're finally airing our interview with Tony winner Lisa Crone, who wrote the book and lyrics for Fun Home. Until then, tell your friends about us. Let's get the theater community talking.